Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest, or returning guest, is Raheem Majavi uh, from Knightsbridge FX. I'm a huge fan of Knightsbridge Knightsbridge FX. Uh, If you've listened to my show, you've heard me reference them probably like every like three months they come up (laughs) whenever I'm talking to guests. I I refer your company all the time for completely no referral fee, but I... uh, I do enjoy your service, and I think you're providing a great service to us cross-border investors. Maybe, Raheem, just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. So uh, I'm the uh, president of Knightsbridge Foreign Exchange. We're a Canadian money exchange company uh, located in Canada. We work with Canadians uh, all across Canada. Prior to that, I used to work in private equity at a fund in uh, Toronto, and prior to that, I was an investment banker at RBC Capital Markets and Mergers and Acquisition Group. And we basically built this company to, uh, you know, to basically grow and provide a service to Canadians, you know, competing with the banks by providing better exchange rates. <laughs> Amazing, and that's exactly what we all need. Um, so I actually just before this interview, I went and got a refresher on the Dragons Den. I rewatched the video. I saw it like. I don't know when it was. Did, how long ago did that air? I, I saw it way back anyway. Yeah, it, it, basically we were on Dragon's Den and we did get a million dollar offer on air. Yeah. And I think that aired in March um, of this year. Now it actually aired uh, live quite earlier than that. So we were on the season finale, the last show of the season finale, finale which was great. Um, but obviously the taping of that happened quite a lot earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And... Uh, just like what kind of like prep goes into getting onto a show like that? Do you have to like send in videos or I'm just curious how do you how do you even get there? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. And I think it's um, it's a question that I get asked quite a bit. And I think, you know, when I think a couple of things. So for Dragons and the way it, essentially it works is you you fill out an online application and anyone can do it. It's free. And you know, if anyone thinking of doing it, I would highly encourage you go and try it's completely free to do you basically fill out a questionnaire you go to an audition and they have a bunch of them you know over various weeks all across canada and i think multiple times in toronto okay and you basically go down you get a number there is a pretty long wait on that day but it is something that doesn't take more than a day of your time and you go and you basically make a pitch and you pitch your idea and they ask you some questions basically what happens on the show happens in a, in a pitch format with different, you know, panels that they have, obviously not in front of the, the actual dragons. Right. And they'll obviously basically see how you do, if they like your idea, you know, how you're growing, things like that, if you're show worthy. And then you get a call and they say, okay, great, you've, you've made it on the show. And then that's when a lot of the prep work happens. So you'll start to kind of watch a bunch of episodes. You know, basically what I did is I watched a bunch of other episodes to see what other people were doing worked well what didn't the types of questions that dragons ask and these are all things you can kind of prepare on your own and then you you basically go down there you make your pitch and you have your your kind of set up and the first minute minute and a half is basically what you control so you can control what you say where you're from how much you're asking for what you do can you convey your idea clearly and effectively and then after that it's it's a free-for-all so you have no idea what questions they're going to ask you have no idea what if they're going to like your business or hate your business and um 
that whole meeting with the dragon can take quite a while. I mean, the episode that airs is only about five to seven minutes, but yeah. the actual time you're in front of the dragons is quite a lot more. And then they, you know, basically decide if they're going to give you a deal <laughs> or not. You walk off the show, and then they basically tell you later on if, if you're going to air or not. It's a bit nerve-wracking because you don't really hear right away. Yeah. And so even though I was on the finale of the in the last show, I actually didn't know that I was going to be on the show for maybe, you know, past three quarters of the season through. So for, for, for such a long time, I thought, oh, nothing is going to come of it because, you know, we're, we're basically into more than half of the season on air yeah. uh, and, and nothing had happened. So what are the chances I'm going to be on the last show? And, and then I basically <laughs> got the call. So they tell you literally a couple of weeks in advance, just so you, you know, you're not supposed to tell anyone what happened, et cetera, et cetera. And then you go on the show, and the reaction was obviously great. Um, you yeah. Know, show like a million bucks, and um, it's a, it's a great story, kind of. I think for everyone involved. Yeah, definitely. Part of your pitch on that show, because we never even did the pitch when you were on my show last time. But basically, what you're when you're pitching to the Dragons Den, you're talking about uh, the two point five percent that the tip, the banks typically are upmarking the money whenever right. they're doing a transaction, which I know I I know. A lot of people don't realize is actually happening. Um, my first transaction down to the states, I used the bank to do it, and I, I gave away so much money. And then I, you know, I learned of your company, and I, I've, I started moving stuff to you know a better way of doing it. Um, what kind of rate do you guys usually upmark the money compared to the two point five percent the banks usually charge? Yeah, so the two point five percent number is basically an average by the banks. Some of the banks are actually quite a lot worse. They can get to three to four percent, depending on how you actually do the exchange, have a U.S. account, or if you do it blindly. So I think that's quite a lot higher than that. Um, you know, we'll typically save you about two percent from the number. Yeah. And so on average, you know, you're looking to save about two percent versus your bank. So if your bank's marking up two and a half percent, we're basically marking up between 0.5 and 0.8 percent. Now, if you're doing a larger amount, um, you'll basically save even more and if you're doing a smaller amount like a couple thousand then you know you're obviously paying a little bit on the higher end of the range uh just because we can't make a ton of money on a small transaction but you'll still obviously save money uh versus the bank you know we can help you tell you what your bank is what our rate is that was the difference and then just decide is this something that's for you or not um there is a bit of initial setup knowing your client stuff that's required and the first transaction is one that you know will kind of handhold you through but once you do your first one, then you kind of understand how it works. And then, you know, you kind of sit and forget about that. Yeah. And one thing I noticed, too, is because uh, I, I bank with all the major banks in Canada. So whenever I'm sending you guys money, it's done a different way, um, depending on which bank I'm using. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of throwing this out because we didn't even talk about this ahead of time. But do you know which banks um, you can do the bill payment from and which ones you have to do the wire for? Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of, I'll walk you through basically all three options. So if you're buying U.S. dollars and you're sending Canadian Knightsbridge and buying U.S., you can do a bill payment from RBC, BMO, Tangerine. You can open a free online account. Uh, I think you can do it from EQ Bank. Most credit unions, you can do it from Meridian as well. Yeah. So those are the major ones. And the, the way you can tell is you just go to your online banking. You go to add a bill, pay, you type in KNIG, type in Knightsbridge and see if we're there. Yeah. And if we are, we're on your list. And if not, then we're not on your list. And then there's two alternatives if we're not on your list. The first option is you 
can basically do a wire transfer yep. to our um, account from your bank in Canada. Yep. And the second option after that is um, we can do an EFT, which is essentially debiting your Canadian dollar account and then crediting your U.S. dollar account. But those two accounts have to be within Canada and the United States. Yep. So we would debit your Canadian account and then credit your U.S. dollar account. It's a bit of a longer process as long as your banks are within Canada. Yeah. Um, but basically, that's how it works. Yeah, and I learned uh, actually just I think last week when I was wiring some money with you guys because I usually wire it uh, or sorry do like the bill payment and then I get the money deposited into my U.S. currency account that's located in Canada. Uh, and this time I decided to just do a straight wire to the states, and I there was no fee for that. Like usually I have a fee for when I'm talking to a bank for doing a wire. I maybe I got lucky or remember for a customer, but I didn't I don't think I paid a fee for that. Is that who normal? Do you, who, who do you bank with in Canada? Uh all of them basically. Okay. Who did well, I send money with this time? I'm not sure. If you're, if you're sending a wire in Canada from your bank to us, you're likely to pay a fee. So I don't know yes. how you Yeah, no, I I know no, I had to pay a fee there, but when you guys wired money to the United States, I don't believe I paid a fee. Right, exactly. So we don't, we're not double dipping. So basically, the fee that we're, we have to pay our bank yeah. to send it to the United States, we pay that fee. Yeah. We pay that fee to our bank. We don't pass that fee to you. So if you have to do a wire, like let's say you were sending money from a bank in Canada to the United States, you go to your bank, pay the exchange plus the wire fee. With yeah. us, you're going to your bank, you're paying the wire fee, and then you're saving on the exchange. We don't ping you on the on the wire to the United States will cover that. Yep. And if you have the bill payment option, you can do that. And what a lot of snowbirds are doing are they're using the debit and credit between Canada, so debiting and crediting for US accounts within Canada. And then they're, you know, taking a check or writing a check, um, you know, or taking cash, depending on what the amounts are. A lot of people are writing checks, but they get put on hold and you know there's more complexities there. Yeah. But if you're closing on a property deal, you you know you don't want to take a check. Just want to do the wire and get it done with properly mm-hmm. um, but you know if you call us we can walk you through what all the different options are and yeah kind of and it's actually we I, I think we've overclouded this situation it's actually a very simple process and most right. and most when i'm dealing with most of my bank accounts i can just do a bill payment it shows up in my other account or i do a wire and it shows up in one of my corporate accounts in the u.s it's it's actually really really easy we, the, the questions and sort of stuff i might have made it sound a little more difficult than it is but it's really yeah, and there, there, are, <laughs> there are some banks that play nicer than others and that's why it's a little bit more complex the bill payment ones are really easy and the other some of the other ones yeah you know, you know don't make it as easy but um you know there's iterations for each bank and it's part of the learning process it's at the beginning anyway Perfect. Okay, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Uh, 2020, uh, as most of my listeners were doing a lot of money moving back from Canada to the U.S., what are we looking at for uh, the forecast for the for the Canadian dollar versus the U.S. dollar going across 2020? So we think the Canadian dollar will strengthen uh, in 2020. So if you're a buyer of U.S. dollars uh, throughout the year, um, you're going to be you know hopefully happier. Now, I'll just caveat at the beginning, you know, nobody really knows exactly what's going to happen with the market. These are you know, some, some things that we're seeing in the market, but nobody really knows what's going to happen. And, um, you know, to each their own, buyer beware. Yep. But basically, what's been happening, I'd say, this year, and what's probably not going to happen next year is um, 
there's a bit of safe haven appeal in the U.S. dollar this year, primarily because of all the trade talk and the tensions that have kind of been going on with the U.S. And what that means is, is when there's any risk in the market with, for example, trade, or if trade is a drag on the overall global growth market, um, or there's some sort of tension in the market, then there's a flight to safety in the U.S. dollar. And so the U.S. dollar generally strengthens. So if you think back to the recession or the financial crisis that we had in the U.S., despite it being a U.S. issue, the U.S. dollar soared because the rest of the world wanted to park their money in the U.S. or the safe haven currency um, is basically what was happening. So yeah. the markets right now are doing really, really well. So it's not a recessionary issue or anything like that. Like the markets, the U.S. economy has been doing great. And as a result, the Canadian economy essentially does well uh, as well. Um, but there is a bit of flight to safety because of some of that China-U.S. trade tension. And we do think some of that will evaporate into next year. And so that's going to bode well for the Canadian dollar because the U.S. dollar will lose a little bit of its shine. So we think the Canadian dollar will strengthen to probably, it, you know, if we were basically guessing to about 80 cents by the end of next year um, and into 2021. So by the end of next year, you know, probably gets to about 80 cents, which is about $1.25 uh, is what we would kind of peg by the end of the year or into uh, 2021. And um, we also think that the loonie will strengthen based on, you know, stronger interest rate differentials between Canada and the U.S. So we, we don't think the Bank of Canada move as much as what they've done in the U.S., in terms of interest rates or reducing interest rates. So that higher interest rates generally lead to a stronger currency. So if the U.S. reduces rates and Canada doesn't follow, uh, relatively speaking, yeah. Yeah. it's the interest rate is relatively you know higher in Canada than in the U.S., all else being equal prior to that change. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's the other factor. And then oil prices have kind of been getting stronger as well. Um, you know, generally speaking. So I think those are the kind of main things that'll, that'll benefit for, for the loonie. Um, the banks are a little bit all over the place in terms of like what some of the other banks are kind of thinking into uh, late this year, or early next year. I mean, uh, we do have a chart on our on our website. I'm happy to send it to you after if okay. you want to post it. But it basically says what the ranges are, you know, for all the kind of five major ranges in Q1 and Q2 of 2020. It's ranging from you know, 128, 127 to a high of, 133 to 134 so for different banks so you know some banks think the Canadian dollar will strengthen and some banks think the, think the u.s dollar will strengthen um so it's a little bit obviously all over the place but it's a you know it's a chart you can kind of look at maybe maybe take an average or pick the bank that you know you like best and um you know and kind of look at it from there well, we're not going to be doing exchanges with them anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, and this is more this is more the bank what the banks are forecasting yeah. the yeah. dollar to be, not what they're actually pricing their dollar to be. So this okay. is them guessing yeah. what I think the dollar is going to be, you know, into Q two of twenty twenty. Okay, is that the same email that I get from you, like every quarter or something, or is that a different email? Yeah, it is basically the same email, and I think we just updated it last week or in the last in the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, so it's on our website. You probably get the email after. You might have got the email already. I'll have to check. But also, I'm happy to you know just follow up with you after. Just send it to you, and then the extent you want it, you can have it. And if someone wants to go to our website, just click on the blog and click on the monthly outlook. It's all the way at the bottom of the monthly outlook on our blog. 
Yeah, sure. Send it over. I, I usually post it on our Facebook group, and so everyone has an idea what the next quarter is going to look like. So that's great. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, it's been kind of a volatile, volatile um, market. I mean, even stuff with with the UK and Brexit. It's been a bit of a drag, and just had an election there. So a lot of things going on, but generally speaking, the main factors have been dollar, oil prices, interest rates, the overall economy. And then essentially, what is the what is the U.S. doing? So we think the U.S. will lose a little bit of its shine uh, into 2020 when when they get sort of deal with uh, with China. The one caveat to everything is obviously the U.S. election. Yes, I was going to mention that. <laughs> um, and um, you know, it really depends on you know generally the policy. The election outcome doesn't really impact the dollar as much as people anticipate it doing. Mm-hmm except that if you have uh, extreme candidates on either end, um, you know, either reversing, you know, something really significant like a trade deal, for example, or going really far left or really far right on, on some sort of issue, then you might see, you know, some sort of change. But generally speaking, the U.S. economy is such a beast in of itself that it really doesn't get impacted too much, um, you know, by you know by you know by a lot of policy changes yeah you know we have seen a lot of you know positive policy changes from a tax perspective or i guess overall economic growth in the u.s and that's obviously bodes well for the u.s um so, so to see some unwinding of that you know could be a negative but i think generally speaking none of that uh, there's a lot of talk before the election as to what some of these things might happen and then people generally revert to the mean you know, when it comes to one-on-one kind of face-offs. Great. Well, Raheem, thank you so much for your time. That was a lot of, a lot of education. And I think uh, if, if no one even gathered anything else, the dollar should be getting stronger in Canada. So if you have your money on this side, you're going to do better. Um, And what else? I think that was, that was basically the gist of it. It looks, it looks, promising if your money's still here for me my money's all over in the u.s now and i have to bring it back so <laughs> right. and, and, the and the caveat to everything is um you know we generally try you know even myself I, I never time the market i don't try to guess yeah based on needs. and um you know it can be a dangerous game kind of to you know time the market it you know it can get just like with anything else stock, oh yeah everything else so Kind of to eat their own a lot of times people just dollar cost average and put it in keep an eye on it and yeah you move on with life and you just save what you can on the exchange and go from there yeah no if you have a deal to buy go buy the deal don't wait for the money to change slightly because it's probably not enough to to make right. it actually worth it uh right. so if you have a deal buy a deal and uh you move if you have your money sitting in cash because you sold something and you, you're not in a rush then you can sit there and wait for happier times if you think it's going to go that way um but anyway side note i know you're a super busy guy thank you so much for your time raheem if uh, people want to get a hold of you uh, how would they do so well you can email um contact at nightsbridgefx.com and in the subject heading just put attention raheem and that email will get to me uh you can obviously give our company a call at toll free number of 1-877-355-5239 and just ask for me and if i'm there i'm happy to you know talk to you yeah, uh, email works, and um, you know, happy to happy to answer any questions or walk any any process. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time again. I 
I really appreciate it. I think there's a lot of value that um, some people just have. If they may, I think most people that listen to my show know about Knightsbridge, but it's still nice to get like the, uh, I don't know what your title is, CEO or whatever of the, the company to actually put a face to the, the whole thing. So anyway, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Have a great night. Take care.